Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning again, y'all, and uh, glad to be back with you with our second uh, session of today's uh, our show, Taking Care of Business. And uh, as I mentioned many times in the last week, uh, today's uh, event is uh, a stampede special for the, the biggest uh, outdoor show on earth, which is the Calgary Stampede. And um, as you know, uh, we today are kind of uh, helping a local uh, charity, a charity called Project Warmth Society of Alberta. And I'm happy to have on the line with me Mr. Gordon J. G. Hoffman, uh, QC, founder of Project Warmth Society of Alberta. Good morning, Gordy. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay, except of the weather, of course. Uh, we like to <laughs> We like Stampede to be uh, sunnier than this, what we got today. Well, um, it's going to be sunny shortly, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully. Um, I would like to chat with you a little bit about uh, Project Warmth and learn from you about uh, this uh, amazing charity. So, when was uh, Project Warmth founded? It was founded in 1995. And by who? It was founded by uh, myself, uh, quite frankly, oh, in saw. 1995, and it's been active ever since then, uh, growing every year, David. Um, so, what is the focus of uh, Project Warmth as, a, as an organization? Well, we're engaged on a yearly basis to provide sleeping bags, outerwear, blankets, scarves, gloves, footwear, caps, hats, toques, and so forth for the needy, underprivileged, and homeless. And as well, we assist school children under umbrella organizations, pupils' parkas, students' scarves, kids' coats, jacket racket, and Project Clean. And I so, see. And uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's okay. And I was going to say, and so we have uh, people that have clothing and outerwear. They drop them off at all City of Calgary fire station depots, and it's picked up by the Project Warm vehicles, taken to our warehouse in Northeast Calgary, cleaned, repaired, sorted, and distributed to various shelters, social service agencies, schools, and First Nation uh, groups. Uh, throughout the city and Alberta, quite frankly. And last year, Project Warmth uh, distributed over 150,000 items of clothing to those in need. Wow, that's amazing. So is Project Warmth a charity that is funded by either federal, provincial, or municipal government, or is it well, all... Go ahead. It's all, it's all... We don't get, David, we get no funding from the federal government or from the provincial government or the municipal government. It's all raised by uh, private funding and by fundraising uh, proceedings that we carry on uh, throughout the year. And uh, the only relationship we have really with the government is the relationship we have with the City of Calgary fire station depots uh, that accommodate the receipt of all the uh, clothing and outerwear. And they've been with us, uh, thankfully, since the onset, since 1995, and they're a wonderful partner. Um, that's surprising. You know, I want to ask you, is this kind of a common thread that you don't get financing from any uh, government uh, level, or this is a decision you guys made as an organization to work only with the private uh, sector? I think that's a very interesting question, and quite frankly, no, it's it's not a decision that we've made. The truth of the matter is that government funding, federal, provincial, municipal, is really drying up. And so if an organization has been dependent uh, in the past on government funding, David, then uh, they're very, uh, that could be a very dangerous situation from them from the point of view that government funding dries up and then where are you and so you become reliant and dependent on the government funding and sometimes that's that's not a very good way to handle the organization so uh, if government funding was there we would certainly take it but we would not take it from the perspective that we would ever think that we would not be able to function without that government funding the organization's objectives 
are far too important uh, to to be concerned with all of a sudden lack of funding, and then we would have to curtail the operation. I see. And um, how do you, um, in hindsight, in the last, uh, tw- you said 20, 1995, so 22 years, um, how do you find the support of the local uh, Calgary business community to uh, Project Warmth uh, Society? Well, you know something, uh, as you well know, David, Calgary is a terrific city and uh, very philanthropic in, in many, many ways. And so, even in these tough times, people, it would seem, have stepped up. And those that have, have doubled their efforts to help those organizations. So we've been very fortunate. Uh, we've had great support from, uh, from many supporters over the years, and sometimes the same supporters and, and very often new supporters. And so we've just been, uh, we've been working at it very hard. It's not something you can take for granted, as you well know, being in business and so we work on it regularly. We have uh, a pivotal yearly fundraiser that's our major fundraiser. And uh, with that and the, uh, the revenue gained and the exposure from that fundraiser, uh, funds are just, funds arrive. I mean, we never have a surplus of funds, but we've been fortunate we're able to carry on and to, and to accommodate the, uh, the huge growing need. I see. And, um, you know, you touched on the uh, main event that you have. And since we're now celebrating the Calgary Stampede, um, uh, from my reading and when we did the research, your main event has, is connected to Stampede. Can you elaborate a little bit about your main event? Well, no, you know, some we do some main uh, we're, we're, uh, we're associated with some of the major groups that are having uh, their fundraising activities during Stampede Week. But... Uh, and, and we get revenue from a lot of those organizations as a direct result of the stampede. But uh, generally, at, at primarily, our main event occurs in December of every year where we bring in uh, December of Christmas time 450 disadvantaged children and their families from across the city to see, and we bus them and to see the per- presentation of Theater Calgary's Christmas Carol, and in addition to the uh, production, we give them a lavish buffet, presents, gift certificates, chocolate-covered apples, and it's marvelous and heartwarming to see uh, these children from these disadvantaged schools come with their families, and very, very often that's the first time that they've seen live theater, and uh, to see the look and the awe on their face during the presentation is worth everything. And sometimes, uh, and we've remarked in the past, we get letters of thanks from individuals after the presentation. And some of the students and children say it was the very best day of their lives. So it doesn't get any better than that. So in addition to, to helping all of those with the provision of outerwear and clothing, that's one of the very, very important things we do, and that really resonates loudly with with many citizens and many corporate and private citizens in the city. Um, it seems to me that I have to squeeze it out from you because I saw your a picture of you the first time I saw you without a suit and tie is I saw a picture of you in uh, full cowboy gear at the uh, Ranchman uh, bull riding. And um, yeah. I just wonder if you can uh, share with us about that experience and that kind of fundraiser. And, and, and also, have you sat on one of those bulls? Have I? I'm, first of all, <laughs> we've had a relationship with Ranchman's Renegades, and that goes back to Harris Dvorkin of blessed memory. And we've had a relationship with them for, I would say, in excess of 10 years. And so Project Warmth is, is one of the charities that uh, is a recipient of funds from Ranchman's Renegades and the bull-busting activities during the stampede. And so... Uh, it's it's marvelous, and anybody uh, who hasn't been to ranchmans during bull busting and otherwise should really uh, should really make an effort to do that. It's a marvelous event. They round up uh, the worst and the hardest bulls in the world, I think, or in the country anyway, and they get these poor individual cowboys to ride in the bulls. And no, I've never done it, David. Thank you, and have no <laughs> desire. And uh, they have bleachers, and they accommodate about five thousand people, and it's. It's a terrific event, and it's a terrific event for charity. And so, ranchmen on McLeod Trail should be uh, 
congratulated and thanked for uh, for what they do for the citizens of Calgary and for the charities. And so we really Gordy, value that no... relationship. And it's every year starting Stampede on the first two days prior to Stampede. Gordy, there's no doubt in my mind that if one year you'll decide to sit on a bull, the money you'll be able to raise is... <laughs> <will> be... <laughs> I can tell um, you this much. David, if I sat on the bull, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation today. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Those bulls, holy mackerel, I don't know what they feed them, but they you've got to be formidable to get on one, never mind to stay on one for the eight-second counts. And so uh, they're athletes to the nth extent. And so uh, it's a wonderful relationship, and, uh, and we value that greatly. And uh, we look forward to seeing you there next year, David. Well, God willing. Um, Gordy, we talked about the charity in general, but can you elaborate a little bit about your operation? So you said that the uh, uh, Calgary Fire Department helps you collect the items. People can drop their items there. But how do you kind of, you said, if I remember right, you said you, you kind of distributed over 150,000 items. So how many people work in the organization? What's the well, process? You, that you know something we have. So we have some vehicles on the road. And so the vehicles pick up the outerwear and the clothing at the City of Calgary Fire Station depots. And they take them to the warehouse and they're cleaned of course and they're repaired and sorted and distributed as new and so very often we have I believe full time uh, and it's uh, Jonathan Fezzik and his family Jamie Fezzik Jonathan is the uh, commandeer of the uh, warehouse and he's a former city of Calgary fire captain and his family help and they organize and they run the uh, the warehouse and the bulwark of the uh, of the work, the cleaning, the repairing, the sorting, and the distributing is done by volunteers. And so, many of the organizations in the city, uh, the oil companies, and some of the manufacturers and fabricators, they take a day or two every year with, and they come to the warehouse and they help. And they uh, and Jonathan and Jamie and the entire staff there get them working. And so, we rely on on volunteers. A lot and so and organizations to bring their people to assist us and we also retain and we uh, bring in some people from some of the organizations from even the the uh, emergency shelter and some of the other ones where where the individuals want to work and we bring them in and we pay them and we get them to help us and it, it just works but uh, we're snowed under we're just the demand is just ever increasing, and it's on a yearly basis, David. It just it doesn't stop for everybody. Says, well, it must just be for the winter, but it's the whole year round. In summer, we're just as busy, and the need is huge. And what we also have at the warehouses, we have uh, machines, and people can come in. They can do their cleaning. I don't know if you've had to plug a, a machine to clean or to dry clothing. It's terribly expensive. So. That's part of the organization under Project Clean. So it's just, it's nonstop, uh, 724-24-7. I see. Um, you, you touched about the um, growing demand, and I want to ask you, in the last two years, we here in uh, Alberta, and particularly in Calgary, we were kind of going through a local uh, economic, I would say a local economic downturn with our oil price going down. Did this uh, increase the demand for your services? Yes. yes, sure. It surely has. I mean, we we see that we can't begin to uh, to accommodate everything and to do with everything that we have to do. And so, sure, uh, we see uh, we see not just before we see different walks of life. People that have been employed for for their whole lifetimes, all of a sudden being unemployed and having to take advantage of the uh, of the services we render and so and the school children and their parents and sure we see that we see that in a major way david and so uh, we just try and do as much as we can for all of those that we can and it's just uh it's just it's a growing need and of course uh, when you say the economic downturn is fueling that need it, it surely is were, were you guys able to increase uh, your your services in the last two years as re, as a result of this uh, growing demand well, we're trying. We're trying, but I must tell you, the costs are staggering. The gasoline costs, the insurance costs, the 
the uh, detergent costs and the uh, the employment costs they're just they're huge and so we have to be very careful and we have to we have to just watch how we spend our monies and we have to do it as carefully and as frugally as we can to make sure that we're there and that we continue to survive and continue to be able to do and offer the services that we do. As you can note in the city, I mean, a lot of the organizations, unfortunately, the charitable organizations with government funding cutbacks and otherwise, uh, those organizations have not been able to uh, survive. And so uh, organizations that previously were able to fill part of the niche that we're doing aren't there anymore. So we're having to try and pick up to occupy and to fill that niche, but we have to be ever cautious and we just have to make sure that we just don't go overboard, so to speak, to we have to stay healthy and we have to stay strong. And that's, so we're doing whatever we can to to help as many people as we can, David. Um, Gordy, I want to, we are kind of uh, nearing uh, the end of uh, my short interview with you and I have to, I want to kind of end it on a positive note. So uh, in 2013, following the flood, uh, Project Warmth Society of Alberta won a special award. Can you share with us that award that you guys won? Yeah, we we, uh, we really stepped it up at that time, even more so, and, and added another dimension to our services. And so we went to outside the city, to Black Diamond, to uh, a lot of the First Nation organizations, and to some of the smaller centers uh, throughout uh, Alberta. And we... We uh, managed to purchase and we managed to cajole and uh, convince local suppliers to give us blankets and sleeping bags and, and various other clothing and outerwear, new parkas, etc. So we really, uh, we added people and we were, uh, we were just going very, very strong and, and really, uh, really accomplished a lot. And so for that, the organization was recognized by the Alberta government as being one of the heroes of the flood, and that meant a great deal to us. Uh, it really did, and we were so very pleased to be able to to step up and to do uh, what we what we're there for, and also not just the uh, the Alberta flood too, David, but also Fort McMurray. We were involved in a large way in uh, in gathering materials and supplying them. And, uh, and arranging for them to be picked up and taken to Fort McMurray. So it's a never-ending thing. There's always, there's always a huge need, and, there, and unfortunately and very often there are disasters that crop up. And so we're there for that, and, uh, and we want to stay strong to be able to help and to be there for all instances and all those in need. Gordy, my last question. Where do you see Project Warmth Society in the next five to ten years? Can, well, we I'm an old guy, can, we, can we eliminate the need and, and help other people? No, I don't think so. I, I must tell you that, uh, I mean, I wish we could say that. It's like homelessness in Calgary. I don't know if you can ever eliminate that need. I think all you can do is just try and deal with it and try and be there for as many people as you can. And so uh, we're just going to we're gonna keep on trucking, and we realize that uh, uh, we're uh, unfortunately a growth industry. David, and so I think unfortunately we're going to be uh, needed and called upon in the uh, foreseeable future for a long time, and so uh, we're just going to stay strong, and we're going to get more volunteers, and we're going to get somebody to take maybe to assist this old guy to uh, to keep the organization going, and and we'll just do our very best. Gordy, um, before I let you go, uh, I want to thank you for the great work you guys and, uh, and your spearheading doing for Calgarians in need. Uh, but I do want to mention one thing and congratulate, congratulate you personally. Last month, you were one of the recipients of the Calgary Award 2016. You, uh, you received the Heritage Award. Congratulations, Gordy. Thank and, you so and, much. Thank you. And keep keep on the good work. And uh, it's unfortunate, but we have to keep this uh, good work that you're uh, doing. And we hope to have more businesses support uh, Project Warmth. Well, uh, thank, thank you. you. Let, let me also Th- say in parting too, David, that your, uh, your people and your supporters and all the listeners and everyone that has any affiliation with Barclay Street Real Estate and David Wallach should realize what a great corporate citizen you are and how philanthropic you and your organization are. And if everyone in the city was like David Wallach 
and your family is, or and Barclay Street Real Estate, we would be coasting, and we would be doing much better. So kudos to you and your organization, your family, and thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Gordy, and have a great day. All the Uh, best. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We're going to take our next commercial break. Uh, Please open a new tab and check one of our sponsors, rosocoffeeroasters.com. Visit their blog, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and like them on Facebook, and we'll be back here in three minutes. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back here at uh, Vagabond Calgary Restaurant uh, with our special Calgary Stampede uh, broadcasting. And um, in the next two sessions, I'm going to host uh, two business people, they're local business people that uh, are enjoying Stampede. And I'm going to talk with them about the Stampede, the importance to the city, uh, charity, and all those uh, subjects we like to talk about when we uh, kind of uh, interview people. So my guest uh, for the next session, and we're going to have beer with each one of them because as you know, uh, beer is available from 8 a.m. and it is now uh, 10.25 and I only only had one so far, so uh, I'm way behind. Uh, my guest now is Troy Barker, Assistant Vice President, Commercial Financing, Prairie Region for First National Financial. Uh, thanks, Troy, for uh, joining me and yeah, joining us. And here, Cassandra is we're getting us our beer. Uh, we'll wait with this. Uh, we'll, we'll cheer at the end. Um, so, Troy, how many years are you a Calgarian, born and yes, raised? Yes, actually, you know, I was born and raised in Sherwood Park, just outside of Edmonton, Alberta, and actually came to Calgary in 1988. And uh, I guess that makes me pretty much a, a full-time Calgarian. So it's uh, it's been quite a ride. Uh, I've seen a lot of changes in the city in the past 25, 30 years. So uh, it's, it's a great place to be. I, I like the spirit of Calgary. I like the fact that it's a very resilient city. And, uh, you know, Unfortunately, we've got some rain today, but I think it's going to be a very <laughs> successful stampede this year. Okay, perfect. Uh, you, you kind of uh, touched on the stampede in your last portion of your answer. So, um, how important is stampede? You've been in business for how many years now in Calgary? Well, I, I, I've been working in Calgary since 1988. So, again, that's that, that's approaching 30 years, David. So, so, how important have you seen? That's the year of the Olympics, right? And, yeah, that's actually the summer. I just came after the Winter Olympics. So, I, I came in July of 1988. And since that time, I've seen the city grow tremendously. And I actually, 
you know, I view Stampede as the greatest outdoor show on earth. Uh, it's, it's gained worldwide recognition. It's funny, you know, my, my girlfriend, uh, she's German, and uh, she's got a lot of relatives that uh, come from Germany, the Stampede, and we see a lot of international visitors here. I was out for dinner the other night, and I uh, was sitting next to three couples, and every, every single one of those couples was from Europe. So uh, we had a, a couple from Britain, uh, a couple from Germany, and actually there was another couple, I'm sorry, from New York City, oh. and they were in from this, for the Stampede. So I, I know that it has a, a big international um, impact, and I think it's great for the city. That's great. By the way, if you need help with uh, relatives in Germany, I speak fluent German. So, oh, uh, wunderbar, wunderbar. wunderbar. Yeah, yeah, we get in there. Um, but in terms of business, I want to ask you about the business community in Calgary. How important is the stampede for the business community, if at all? Well, I, I think it's a tremendous boon to the city. You know, it's a great time of year. Uh, I think there's no doubt that there's definitely, definitely an in, uh, economic impact to the city over this 10-day period. I think if you look back uh, historically in the past, you know, 10, 20 years of the Stampede, you know, there's definitely studies that have been done that have concluded that it's, it's a very positive economic impact to the city. And I think it brings a lot of uh, notoriety uh, to the markets around the world, frankly. I mean, it's, it's the greatest outdoor show on earth, so yes. So you keep on coming every year? To I Stampede. keep on coming every year. I've got teenage boys at home, and uh, they love going to the grounds and experiencing the rides. My uh, my son this morning was telling me how excited he was to try all the new rides here. So uh, it's it's actually been a great thing. It's a family event. We go every year to the Chucks and uh, try to at least spend one or two days out of the grounds. And I think even when you look at the restaurant hospitality side of the, the business, they, you know, they're all positively impacted from this 10-day period. So it's really a, a positive thing for, for many different uh, industries. Now, um, can you use, uh, over the years, can you use uh, the Stampede as a barometer of the city's financial you know, status or economic status? You know, I think that every, every year there's always a lot of articles that talk about that. And I, I think that there is somewhat of a correlation for sure. I mean, you look at the, the fact that we're such an energy-based city. There's no doubt that, uh, you know, the, the climate of, of the Stampede is a direct impact uh, of what's happening in the energy markets. And uh, I think what's happened in the last two years is, is really there's been a lot of cutting back, paring down to the point where a lot of these energy oil and gas companies have managed to uh, operate uh, at uh, these low, lower oil prices. And as a result, um, I think there's going to be a lot of positive upside in the next few years. I think for a lot of people that are holding parties this year, Stampede Functions, uh, I think it's business as usual, and I, I think, uh, again, it's a test to the resiliency of, of Calgary. So do you see that this year, oh, let me ask you on a personal level, were you invited to more event, this events this year compared <laughs> to the last two years? Every time I get invited, uh, invited I'm, I'm very thankful. Uh, I, I would say that I've got, I got the same number of invites this year as I did last year. Um, I think what's happened is, you know, there was a real big shock downturn maybe a couple of years ago, but I think now what I'm sensing is that a lot of people that I talk to in the community, both in the investment world and in the real estate world, in the oil and gas world, uh, what I'm hearing from a lot of people is that, you know what, uh, we've, we're probably hitting bottom or near bottom, and I, I think we're going to be in a period of some stabilization in the next couple of years. So it's uh, it's sort of full steam ahead right now. I think, I think the worst is arguably behind us. Now, I know that uh, usually we joke about Stampede that everybody, you know, we start drinking early and everybody gets a little bit tipsy and the whole nine yards. But we have so many social and business gathering and events during Stampede. Can you do business during the Stampede time? Absolutely. I think you can. I think it's really uh, a question of uh, a person's ability to, to want to network. Uh, I know that uh, for myself and my colleague in the office, Samir Jessic, uh, we try to get out to as many events as we can, things like this, David, and try to get to some industry functions. Uh, there's a lot of companies uh, holding functions at this time of year, um, uh, whether they be uh, construction companies or consulting companies, and we try to attend a lot of these events and really, you know, as they say, circulate and percolate. I mean, it's a, it's a, a, a main focus for us to, to bring in new business and meet people that uh, we haven't met before. So Stampede, and I think the other thing, of course, is when you're going to Stampede events, you know, people are, are a little bit easier to socialize with and connect with than that sort of, you know, formal function. So I think it's a great opportunity to get out there. And a lot of people are in a really fun sort of spirit, and I think it uh, helps foster a lot of great conversation. 
So you basically, what you do is, uh, do you give out business cards, or give out business cards, or do you actually have uh, work meetings that are fruitful, yeah. or you people know, are not in that kind of mood? Well, typically what I'd like to do, and this goes uh, with, with most of what we do here, is uh, typically, of course, is when you're at the function, of course, you have nice dialogue and, and over a beer or something like that at Stampede. And usually exchange cards, and then usually what I do is, you know, I you know, I try to arrange something within the next week or two where it's more of a sit-down, formal face-to-face, -face, right? Where we can actually dive into some of the issues and uh, maybe over a breakfast or a lunch or something, right? But at the time when you're in the moment at a stampede party, I think it's more about just having fun and can really trying to connect with the person in the five or ten minutes that you're with them, right? So I see. And um, if you look back in the last, let's say, decade, uh, that's more or less. A little bit more, you're with First National, right? Just yes, over I, a decade. I, I, yeah, I've been at First National for about 12 years now, coming okay. on 12 years. So, um, so looking back, um, can you say, you know, I made a few uh, introductions during Stampede that brought me business following Stampede? Yeah, you know, when I, when I think back, uh, when, of course, when I started uh, 12 years ago, it was just myself. We've got a, a team of six of us here now in Calgary, in the Calgary office on the commercial side. Uh, it was always a big uh, thing for me to sort of attend as many industry functions as I could. So there's definitely been numerous connections made, uh, you know, mainly through the real estate brokerage firms and consulting firms, construction firms, uh, developers, lawyers, law firms, a lot of lawyers uh, hold functions. So there's definitely been many connections I've made through uh, Stampede Functions over the years. I don't know how many, I, I couldn't put a number to it, but uh, it's got to be at least 30 or 40 over the years. Which translated into deals as well, or just connections? Well, you know, sometimes it takes a lot of years before you get it uh, to do a yeah. deal with a client. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say that, that there's definitely been some for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, I always uh, would say to people that, you know, sometimes again, it's one of those things where you meet people and uh, it's, it's more about planting seeds and, you know, sometimes the, the deal, the consummation of the deal comes years later. So. Okay. Um, you are, as we mentioned, you are uh, MVP of the Prairie Region, yes. which means that your head, the head office is in Toronto. And how do the, how do the Toronto people accept the fact that the beer and you are partying for 12 days, party after party, <laughs> and not in the office doing deals? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I, that's a great question, David. Uh, you know, we, I, should I, we call Jeremy and put no, him on the line? Bring I, him on I, 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 you know, David, I have a saying, it's uh, ignorance is bliss, right? So, you know, I, I, I follow that motto. I mean, Jeremy has actually been out with us to, to a couple of uh, these stampedes in the past and uh, had a great time. We've, we've actually tied in a couple of clients' uh, meetings with uh, Stampede in, in, in the past. And again, very successfully. I think that, you know, the, the culture in Toronto, uh, obviously, it's very different than out west here, but I think that they, they view the Stampede as, again, a very positive thing for, for us and for our clients. Uh, that's what we're dealing with. I mean, a lot of these people are Calgary-based, and uh, a lot of these people are behind the Stampede. They're pro-Stampede, and so, um, you know, Jeremy and others, I think they're very supportive of the cause here, for sure. We do what we got to do, David. We make the sacrifices <laughs> every day. Cheers for that. That's cheers for that. That's one how you cheers for that, you know. We have to take one for the team, right? Yes, we have to take one for the team, exactly. Yeah, it's wonderful. I just, I, you know, I, I think this is the only uh, bad weather day of the whole Stampede, perhaps. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, that's the only, unfortunately for us, that's the only day that we have rain, but uh, as long as we're being served village uh, yes. village beer and Rosso co coffee, you know, we're doing well. <laughs> it's a great uh, that, mix. that combination works very well for us. Uh, <laughs> it's a great mix. It's a great mix. You know, we pride ourselves being Albertans um, on, uh, on big on charity. Yes, 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 for um, sure. Over the years, um, what, what have you seen in the city? And you've been here more than me, so uh, you have a better perspective. First, uh, second, you're Alvera born, so you've seen it also uh, in, in the Edmonton region. What have you seen here that is you think is different than, let's say, other places in Canada in terms of volunteering, charity, community? You know, uh, I've I thought about that. Uh, there's been a lot of articles written about that. I think it's, you know, it's that Western hospitality. It's, it's the fact that in Calgary, we have a high degree of, of entrepreneurs here. There's a, there's a lot of entrepreneurial startup companies in, in Calgary. I think it might, we might lead the country in, in startups. So I think it's that resilient spirit, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, you can, you can knock us down, but we'll come back up. And I think that, that 
shines through in other areas such as charity and, and uh, I, I believe also I've been with some studies that Calgary I think is uh, one of the top cities in the country for, for charities and giving back so I'm, I'm fully supportive of that I love being part of that culture it, uh, it makes me feel good and it makes me feel good that uh, I think that some of this is uh, going to a charity which is great and I, I love that I'm very supportive of that I, yeah thank you for coming and supporting um, you know without business we can't finish right without asking you a little bit about business as well we're all talking about how the last two years were tough in Calgary and how the last two years were tough in Alberta. As a result of the oil price, uh, unfortunately, we are not a diversified economy. Um, and you being in the lending community, what have you seen in 2017 different or the same as 2015 and 2016, which were basically almost a local recession? You know, I, I think that's uh, it's interesting. I, I think in 2015 and 2016, there was no doubt a, a massive um, exodus of, of interest sort of out of Alberta from a lending perspective. A lot of uh, investors, lenders, uh, were not really too interested in, in investing in Alberta, uh, mainly because, again, we're, we're very energy focused. Uh, we're probably not as diversified as we'd like to be. And so there was definitely a pullback. I think we've seen uh, a lot of consistent um, activity from a lot of the local lenders in Alberta, which has been great. It's provided a lot of liquidity to businesses. So that's that's definitely been a positive. I think what I noticed in 2017 is that there is now starting to be a renewed interest in investing back in Alberta. Mainly, I think it's perception, again, it's optics that, you know, perhaps the worst is behind us. And so a lot of these Eastern-based lenders and others are looking at it. I, what I'm hearing is that they're telling me, well, listen, you know what, maybe a year ago, uh, I wouldn't bother looking at this deal today. You know what, we'll look at that deal. We might be a little bit conservative, but at least we'll entertain it. So I think that has definitely changed in the past 12 months. So it's, you know, the, the liquidity door is opening a little bit more in Alberta uh, as, as we continue on through 2017. I expect it will continue for the balance of the year. In short, do the people in Toronto see that? Or they're still kind of putting us in the dog's house. You know, I don't think we're out of the woods yet, David. I, I think mainly that's because, you know, they read the Globe and Mail every day. And we know what the media is like. I mean, it's never as bad as they say. It's never as worse as they say. The truth is in the middle somewhere, right? I see. And, uh, <laughs> so I, think, I don't think we're out of the woods yet, but it's a work in progress. Okay, I want to thank uh, Troy Barker, uh, System Vice President, Commercial Financing Prairie Region for First National. And as uh, we discussed earlier, we'll have a toast before the end of the interview. So that's our second toast. Cheers, to, uh, Cheers David. Troy. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah, Schluss in German. Schluss. Yes, yes. Prost, prost. We're going to take our last commercial break. And uh, please uh, check our um, sponsor, villagebury.com. Uh, check their blog, check their uh, YouTube and check their uh, village radio and we will be back, be back here shortly after the commercial. Have a great time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back uh, for the home stretch of our show, taking care of business in support of Project Warmth, or as we call it, the six-pack in support of Project Warmth. And uh, my last guest for today is uh, Nancy Bacon, uh, president of Chase Alternative. And, um, you know, like my previous guest, Troy, I would like to talk with you as a business person in Calgary more about the, the Calgary Stampede and the importance for business or not and uh, kind of discussing in general the, uh, the, the whole event that we're doing. And my first question will be is, um, how important is Stampede for the business community, the, the Calgary Stampede, or, or at all? Or is it important at all? Um, I guess it depends on who you talk to. Um, from my perspective, to you. with my business, it's <laughs> wildly important. In fact, I, I, ca- I like to call it my favorite holiday of the year, um, specific to my business, because you have a lot of people come to town, um, uh, and my business stretches right across Canada, and we have a lot of clients that come in from out of town. They don't understand Stampede. They don't know what it's about. They don't understand the vibe of it. And when they get here, they're, they're shocked. They're excited. And you get to see a little bit more about who they are as people. You, you learn more about who your clients are, who your colleagues are, um, and and you grow your relationship. And I think we all know in business, relationships are key. And, and one thing I find during Stampede is is uh, at the end of those 10 days, I've got a lot of wonderful friends from clients I've worked with for years. Um, and so that to me is very important. And, and business is actually discussed. We try not to after our, our second beer. And by second beer, I mean fourth. <laughs> Why? Wow, um, that's when you get them to sign. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. But I'm in a regulated environment. So I got to watch that. But you know what? It, it is remarkable to yeah. see the, the, the difference of people, again, that you've known for so long, just really open up and thoroughly enjoy themselves for the Calgary Stampede. So I, I want to point out. Make a kind of uh, to clarify one point you said. You said you you call it your vacation, but what I understand from what you said right now, you're working very hard to extend. I call it my favorite holiday. Yeah, sorry, so kind of holiday, like the Christmas season, etc. So um, I call it my holiday because it, it is a lot of fun. Um, and, and while there's a lot of work that does um, happen during Stampede, the majority specific to my business is rapport building. Um, and so it, it's it's like a holiday for me uh, to get, again, get to know the, the clients, uh, the colleagues um, and people. And we've had people come uh, from other countries. I love it when you have the British people here. They don't understand that the orange juice has vodka in it and they're very confused. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 just a wonderful uh, platform to showcase our city and, and why we love to live in Calgary and why we love to do business in Calgary. I see. So you try to attend as many events as you can that fit your uh, business model or the bit of the industry you're in, or just general. <laughs> Believe it or not, and it's it's funny when you talk to a lot of people who do business in Calgary. Um, they're very strategic about their stampede events. Actually, we're very strategic about our stampede events because it's it's not only about attending the right events where you know the people you want to speak with are going to be there, but it's also the ones that you invite uh, your out-of-town guests to. You want to make sure that they're going to have a good time, that you're able to introduce them to the people um, that support their business. Um, so it is, it's, it's a, uh, it, it, it's strategic to some, but I, again, I enjoy it. So we don't just go to every single event. The w- events that we go to are very specific to um, my business, which is private markets, um, and very specific also to the business of my colleagues, uh, right? Because we're wanting, again, to showcase our city, but at the same time, you know, collect a few favors by introducing them to important relationships that might be able to, in turn, help their business. I see. And uh, I understand that you tomorrow uh, have an event that you are kind of semi-hosting with uh, with other people in your industry. Absolutely. And, and how do you kind of decide uh, who to invite, who not to invite. I mean, there is a limit, a capacity limit issue. There is uh, fire uh, regulation issues. <laughs> there are different issues that I don't even know where they are because I'm not in the hospitality business. But um, how do you kind of rank the, not rank, it's wrong. How do you decide who to invite to a stampede event, specific stampede event? So there, there, there is actually again. There's a strategy to that. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a secret, but I'm certainly happy to share it uh, today. So when we have an event 
what you're trying to do is you're finding out who, first of all, are the sponsors and which client in particular are you bringing. So the one that we're having tomorrow, uh, we have issuers uh, within the private uh, markets in Canada uh, looking to raise capital from private market dealers. Uh, so the number one individual I'll be inviting tomorrow are, of course, the ones that provide the most benefit to those issuers. Uh, secondary from there, the sec- once I have those invited, then I would bring in the advisor specific, then I bring in anyone else I think will provide value to those issuers, which quite frankly are my clients. Um, you do not just cast out an email or a blanket email. Every single person you invite has to provide value in some way. It doesn't appear that way, uh, but when you're hosting these events, you've got to keep in mind too, uh, they're not cheap. Um, so when you have someone sponsoring, um, you want to make sure that not only they get value, but they want to do it again next year and or they want to do two next year because um, you do get so much value from the relationships created. So let's talk about the value. By the way, I understand that your event is here at Vagabond. So are you sleeping yeah. here tonight? Are you staying here for the Just underneath the bar, if oh, you don't okay, mind. perfect. <laughs> as long as it's not too sticky. <laughs> um, let's talk about the value. Um, you, you earlier said uh, after two beers we stop talking about business or we don't get them to sign. But how do you create value in an environment that is a little bit more... I would say, as you said, loose, a little bit more open, a little bit more. Um, uh, how do you create a business discussion, whether during or following? So you've heard the expression in sales, uh, people only buy from whom they like. Um, so it is the Unfortunately, relationship. Unfortunately, I heard. <laughs> so it is, it, it is one of those things. So for example, if you had a, a very well-known dealer, um, and let's just say he's inundated um, by issuers looking to raise capital from them, um, I'm going to bring my issuer and I'm going to put them in an environment. I'm going to create an introduction. I'm going to ply them with alcohol. And by the end of that conversation, they're going to have found some form of common ground. And I will actually, uh, I'll try to... Um, work the conversation to assist with finding that common ground, especially if you're dealing with two different personalities. And by the end of it, now they're, now they're friends. They get to know each other a little bit more. They get to know a little bit about their families. And quite commonly, and I, I, I'm 14 years into Stampedes, I've got a 100% track record in terms of people buying from whom they like by the end of Stampede. Um, so they like you or they're just so hammered that they can't uh, Probably tell a little difference. bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there is definitely relationships formed, and it doesn't always work out in the long term. But what I'm really trying to show to, for example, um, person A is why I think they should like person B. Um, try to find that common ground. If I can find it, great. If I don't, well, at least I've got it for a little bit after Stampede. I see. Um, by the way, the fact that I'm drinking beer now is because my wife left the event, so I <laughs> the boss is not here. I can drink. <laughs> So you said you've been, you've been uh, 14 years here and 14 years attending Stampede for yep. your business. And have you seen um, have you seen the last few years a change in Stampede spirits and Stampede mood? Did you was it more difficult last year and the year before because of the local recession to um, get those conversations? Well, numbers were certainly less last year, but I think more alcohol was actually drunk last year because of the recession, unfortunately. Um, in, in my business, though, when it, it's private markets, when, when times are good, I can profit, and when times are bad, I, I can profit as well. Um, so it, it, in terms of the success um, that we saw last year, yes, while the numbers were certainly lower, um, uh, I guess from people or attendance, um, it, it still was a successful event. It's just, again, it's it's uh, don't make an excuse about something, find a solution. Um, and this is what I, I live by in business, uh, is finding that solution. So we knew last year was going to be down. The year before was record numbers, if you recall. Um, and then all of a sudden we had, it was almost probably cut in half with, uh, with oil and gas prices sinking so low and, and the recession hitting Calgary. Um, but again, you find what is your solution? You find how, well, how are we going to find value? Who is going to, um, again, sponsor an event, who's going to have an event, who's not having an event this year, and then can we take the people that would typically go there and bring them to ours? Um, it's, again, finding that solution. So that, That's a very interesting comment because, uh, you know, we all get invitations to stupid events, and um, I have to admit that I get at least three or four days that I have two or three events <laughs> in the same day. So how do you compete for clients to come to your event? because I've attended 14 stampedes with them. They love me by this point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and they buy from who they love. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, it, that is, again, whenever I go to an event, um, uh, 
as, as much as I would be actually like to, to have the four beers, um, I'm actually, the whole time I'm there, I'm watching people, I'm putting people together, I'm collecting favors. And that way, not only do people enjoy inviting me to their events, but they'll actually come to my events because they know I'll give them value. Um, and Stampede is just such a fantastic platform for that because it's, it's like going to a baseball game or a football match. When you go into the, the stadium or the arena, there's an excitement in the air. So whether you follow the sport or not, you feel that excitement. Stampede does that right across the city. Um, and so you take we take advantage of that, um, obviously, to support our business growth. So I guess this year you're busy with events. Oh, I'm having a great time this year. <laughs> <laughs> and how is the success rate so far in terms of uh, getting business cards and, and giving your business cards? Actually, quite phenomenal. Uh, we had a really good event yesterday and a wonderful event last Thursday um, that proved actually already to be advantageous. And as a result, um, I got some good news for a client this morning. So um, to me, and but it's it's nonstop. And, and as much as I'm admiring your beer right now, and I might even join you for one after we're done here, um, I got to be cognizant that there's another event today at 3.30 um, that... Hey, again, I'm not invited. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wouldn't provide you value, David. I don't want to waste your time. If it provides food and uh, beer, that's already value. <laughs> um, Nancy, you, you come from a different... Uh, also from the financial background in, in terms of uh, my previous uh, interviewee, uh, Troy, that is a lender. You come from the private exempt market. Do you see the market changing compared to the last year? Is it a better, worse, the same? 2017, the beginning of 2017 compared to last two years? It's actually pretty significant, uh, and I don't think people actually realize how significant um, the changes has been. Um, and I've actually used people uh, use the term astronomical. Uh, in Canada right now, we are raising twice the capital in the private markets than you are the public markets. In British Columbia alone, they're raising six times more capital in private markets than public markets. Uh, yes, this has a lot to do with the volatility um, that you're seeing in the public markets. People are wanting to place a bit more of their portfolio into alternatives, into private, uh, just to get away from that volatility. Um, and we're, they're diversifying into, um, I guess, effectively a market where you can do direct ac asset purchasing or you're uh, directly uh, investing into a, a fund of funds. Or, um, But all to say is, yeah, we are seeing a significant increase. Plus, the rules have also changed uh, to support um, uh, the individuals that take advantage of private market, which are commonly small, medium-sized uh, businesses, which represent 54% of new job creation. Um, so as because of the rules, um, I guess, lessening per se without taking away investor protections, um, more people are involved with it. Um, I see. So it's been really exciting the last couple of years. I guess by this answer, you didn't have beer yet because you're so focused on your answer. <laughs> so we, we're, going to we're going to change that. Uh, <laughs> Nancy, thank you so much for your insight about Stampede and about business. Um, uh, and that is it. That's it. Uh, we're almost done with a two-hour uh, episode of Taking Care of Business dedicated to local entrepreneurs, Vagabond Calgary Restaurant, Village Brewery, Rosso Coffee Roasters, Barking Street Real Estate, and Triumph Real Estate Investment Fund, supporting a local charity, Project Wolf. I want to thank my many guests, um, Darren, Gordon Hoffman, Joy Barker, and Nancy Bacon. And um, as always, a big thank you for my amazing uh, engineer, Aaron Keller, uh, Cassandra Hannison, our production assistant, Winston Price, our executive producer, and the entire Voice America Post Services team. Uh, special thank you to Eugene Object, known also as Evgeny, for our graphic designer for his artwork. Thank you all for joining me and uh, staying with us, uh, supporting Project Warmth. I will meet you here at voiceamerica.com slash variety next Tuesday, July 18th with a new entrepreneur and a new story. Your host, David Wallach. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it.